Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Streaming live from Stony Point, this is HudsonRiverRadio.com, your local Rockland County station. This is Travis Walton, and you are listening to UFO Headquarters. Welcome to UFO Headquarters. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of UFO Headquarters on HudsonRiverRadio.com. I'm Mike Warden with Linda Zimmerman. Hi, Linda. Hi, how are you? Can you believe it's June? No. It's, where did the no. year go? <laughs> I, I don't know. Where Where's my life gone? I don't <laughs> and we do have Brian in the studio. Yes. Hello, Hello, Brian. It's, you know, we're always looking forward to your comments coming in there. Um, we have a great, uh, I think this is our first uh repeat guest and you couldn't get a better one than Preston Dennett but before I introduce him I have two quick announcements um want to say hi to Bart in Poland we have we have somebody listening in Poland and um he's he said a very nice thing so we're happy to have him on board uh also want to mention this is pre-record so people who are commenting as the show is being broadcast and think that we might be ignoring them. That's not the case. Um, This is a pre-record. And finally, the Pine Bush UFO and Paranormal Museum has opened. It's fabulous. Um, Go to pinebushmuseum.com for information and tickets. This is not your tip. Well, there's not a lot of UFO museums, but this is not (laughs) a lot of you know, static displays and paperwork and things you're going to look at. There's incredible models and lighting and full displays. And um, it's like an experience. By the time you get out of there, you're you're going to say, wow, what just happened (laughs) in a good way? (laughs) Um, So anyway, um, as I said, we have Preston Dennett back. Uh, He's been researching the UFO and the paranormal since 1986. He's a MUFON field investigator, 
27 books, uh, over 100 articles, um, TV and radio shows. I, uh, you know, I, I don't know if we can list them all, but <laughs> he's in a lot of them. Um, so he has a new book, which is just fab fabulous, called Wondrous. So Preston, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Linda. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Yeah. Yes, welcome back. <laughs> yes, the these are these stories in this book are not oh people saw lights in the distance. Um wow, you 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 picked a great title because these these stories are like lifelong experiences with people, unbelievably intense, unbelievably weird. What what prompted you to um put these all together in one book? Uh, well, these are s some of these stories I've been trying to put into a book for a while, squeeze them in. They just didn't kind of fit the theme. Uh, and these are all cases I've personally investigated. Uh, so I've been writing, you know, I was kind of stuck in a contract <laughs> uh, writing books about various states and uh, started building up a number, a lot of cases that I've personally investigated that I really wanted to get out there. And uh, yeah, this is a real wide variety of types of encounters. So we've got some landing cases, a really interesting USO case. Of course, the onboard experiences, my favorite, love those, face-to-face -face contact. And also, this is kind of new, well, somewhat, I've had a few in other books, but whistleblower accounts. Mm -hmm. We've got three really interesting whistleblower accounts. Uh, a few interesting sightings with telepathic contact. So really a wide variety of cases. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, some of the themes I was jotting down, um, you know, as I was reading the stories, um, you cover abductions, uh, scanning seems to be, you know, people feeling like they're scanned. Um, healing, that was very interesting. Um, again, lifelong um experiences and then of course people with marks and implants and things um why don't we jump into the the first story the um the it walked upright story <laughs> i love what this woman experiences and i loved what she said what am i supposed to do with that you know after an experience <laughs> like that it, it was just a great reaction okay i know what i saw now what do i do so if you um want to talk a little bit about that one yeah this this what a wonderful lady a teacher really uh lucid and intelligent and just fun to talk to and had such an interesting and bizarre experience that's actually why she contacted me because she couldn't find anything out there like what she had seen until she happened to pick up one of my books and there was a similar account mm -hmm. so she this was 2006 o'fallon illinois uh, Eleanor, as I call her, that's not her real name, uh, likes to go jogging early in the morning with her dog. Uh, O'Fallon is a pretty rural community, so she's out there jogging early in 2006. It's like 4.30 a.m. I don't know how she does that. I cannot get up that early. <laughs> but uh, she's jogging down her street, you know, goes down another street, crosses another street, and is coming up to this T intersection. And cannot her actually it was her dog who noticed it first. She thought he stopped and pricked up his ears, and she thought, "Oh, it's going to be a deer, you know, a fox mm -hmm. or something." Uh, lots of wildlife out that early in the morning, uh, not unusual. 
and she saw what looked like a man on stilts walking down the center of the road. This is a pretty busy road, actually, um, certainly during the daytime, not at that hour. And uh, she stops, as, as did her dog, and she's looking at this thing, and it walks right under the streetlight. There's a streetlight right in the corner, and this is when she sees that, nope, this is not a man on stilts. <laughs> she kind of figured it couldn't be, but uh, nope, it was a 15-foot-tall praying mantis. And uh, she could measure its height because it was right up next to the streetlight. She walked up to it afterwards and kind of gauged its height. Was gray in color, very, very tall, 15 feet tall, stick like limbs. Uh, it had it, huge eyes. Its head was kind of bent down and it was scanning the road back and forth as if it had dropped something. I don't know what it was looking for, <laughs> uh, but it seemed to be looking for something. And uh, she just watches this thing taking 10 foot strides, just booking it down the road. And what's really amazing is what she did next. As this thing goes by, she doesn't run home screaming. She runs after it. <laughs> right? Um, amazing. Crazy. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how I would, have, I would have reacted. I like to right. think I would have done that. But I'm brave, but not that brave. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's a 15-foot tall thing with, like, eyeballs the size of basketballs <laughs> and uh didn't seem to notice her so she's runs after it and she's about you know 100 feet away from it when she first saw it mm -hmm. maybe a little more maybe a little less and uh follows this thing down the road for just a few not even a minute when it turns off into the cornfield there <laughs> and she runs up to where it turns off and uh can't see it anymore and just kind of stands there dumbfounded Oh my God, what did I just see? Right. There's not too many things you can mistake for that. And especially at the, right? I mean, you know, yeah. if it was in the middle of New York City, you'd say, all right, <laughs> you know, somebody's doing something. But under the conditions you say here, what, you know, what could yeah. it possibly be? She was close to it. And, and the, you know, after, after I had her describe it a few times, I asked her, you know, what, is there anything about this area? You know, why, why do you think you saw it here? She's like, you know, I don't know. There's cornfield. There's a school. You know, it's a little rural suburb. Mm -hmm. not, not a whole lot there. But she says, there is one thing. And uh, I'm like, oh, okay. She says, I live six miles away from Scott Air Force Base. And uh, that definitely made my ears prick up because... Mm -hmm. As soon as she said Scott, my mind went immediately to that encounter in the year 2000, six years earlier, when a UFO skirted through Illinois, through several counties, went right by Scott Air Force Base, which they denied at seeing anything. Of course they did. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was cited by a bunch of police officers. You may remember mm -hmm. it. Right, right. A very famous encounter. And after doing a little more research, I found another kind of interesting connection which I don't know if it's a connection or not, but it was interesting. Uh, it was just, her encounter was just a few months after a very well-known encounter, which took place not too far away, the Chicago O'Hare Airport. Really? Encounter. It's that close? Okay. 
I mean, it's as the UFO flies. I mean, yeah, <laughs> right. All relative. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So maybe that is not uh, unusual for something to happen in that area then. Yeah. Yeah. And further questioning revealed some other interesting tidbits. Because <laughs> I'm like, I didn't notice you. Are you sure? She's like, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it didn't. Like, Did you go out jogging the next day? She says, of course. <laughs> Never saw it again. She did find another, she started doing her research and found another case of a gentleman who saw something similar about 40 miles away, hmm. crossing the road at night. It was a praying mantis on all fours, uh, he said. Yeah. I've never heard that, uh, actually, but uh, that was interesting. But what I found really interesting, I'm like, okay, was... Was this a one-off? You know, have you ever seen anything like this? Mm -hmm. uh, because she she initially said no. You know that this was a new experience. I've never had anything like it before or since. I'm like, well, what about childhood? She says, well, there okay, because we <laughs> <laughs> this is the pattern we always see, right? Right. And uh, she says, well, yes. When I was a little girl, you know, four or five years old, she had figures entering her bedroom. I'm like, okay, here we go. You know, and I did, right. can you, can you please explain? She's like, well, you know, I didn't see him well. They were really short, <laughs> uh, scared her really bad. She'd scream for her parents. They'd come running in. Nothing would be there. It happened over and over and over again. So many times her parents said, that's it. Don't wake us up. You'll get in trouble. Which uh, makes me s so sad and frustrated. Yeah. These How poor kids, they just get no support and they get punished for seeing something. You know, it's not that it's completely out of their control. And then to have your parents essentially yell at you. Yeah, I've yet to hear anyone who said, oh, my parents totally believed me. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. I, I mean, now they believe their kids because, you know, it happens to their kids. Mm -hmm. uh, but she, she didn't get any support from her parents and said she woke up once and she wasn't in her room. She was on a table, metal. It was all white, rounded corners, you know, what? the typical sort of description we hear right, right she looks to her right there's a table a little tray with metallic surgical instruments that did not make her feel better though she had the weird impression they were there to quote fix her uh so that's kind of interesting mm -hmm. yeah we've seen a few of those type of cases where it's terrifying but something physically changes for the better afterwards yeah, they're, she, they're rare, but yeah, she couldn't point to anything in that regard. Mm -hmm. But uh, that was a pattern I sort of expected to see, and there it was. And it turned out there was sightings after that. She saw, gosh, I don't even know what probably hybrids, hmm. in in a public place, <laughs> twice. Right. Yeah. Oh, a Sam's Club. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, now we all see strange things in Walmart. That's, <laughs> that's, that's not, yes. But a Sam's Club, um, yeah, the, the woman she saw, I that that blew me away. That, uh, But you hear it, you know, how many times have you heard that, right? People. Yeah. Enough times. Big, you know, bald head, little spriggles of hair is how she put it. Mm -hmm. Not quite normal. Very large, dark eyes. And she's kind of embarrassed to look and finally um, ignores her, ignores this figure and then turns around and they're gone. Boom. Hmm. Now, do you, excuse me, do you think she just has the ability to see them the way they are? 
or do you think everyone was seeing because you know i'm i'm curious about that what what do you think um i could be it could be um because i wonder about that too because mm -hmm. i've run across other cases like this where nobody seems to be reacting right on the other hand i know that i've got several cases like this where one person is seeing a ufo or maybe two or three and the rest aren't I mean, there was a mm -hmm. kid i talked to who was a teenager who was with his four friends and he's seeing this ufo up close and everyone around him couldn't see it he's trying to position them and point it's like how can you not see this it's right. right there right and they couldn't see it and i know they have this ability because mm. they've told one of the contactees i interviewed who actually is the one who saw a 15 foot tall praying mantis the only case i've got like that was told by them that they have that ability to just show themselves to who they please and block it from everyone else. Wow. And you see that in the paranormal world as well. You know, often little kids are saying, you know, why can't you see that man standing in the corner? Right. Mike, you had that with your kids. Yeah. My sons, you know, the, the screaming one night. And um, when I put them in the bed and I go in there thinking there's an ax murderer and they're hysterical pointing to the corner and they're like, make the man leave. And, like what man they're like why can't you see him he's kneeling down and praying and they're both wow. pointing i mean you know i know kids kids make things up but that was very unnerving at, at that moment yeah i have cases just like that as i started looking for all my ghost files because i've done research into ghosts and all the and i found out that half involve women or no over half involve women and kids men are were it's just a small percentage of the one who see ghosts. <gasps> it's mostly women and kids. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so I wonder if you've had experiences as a child. Um, does that give you the ability to see them? Do you see that separation in, in UFO sightings as well between male and female? Nope. Evenly no. divided. Perfectly evenly divided wow. between men and women. Interesting, yeah. which makes it even more unusual than in, in the paranormal world. Um, we should probably take a break. And if you know, I'm not if you have something to wrap up with this story, we will do that as soon as we come back, Brian, from first quick break. HudsonRiverRadio.com, your local Rockland County station. Did you know there used to be a missile launching site right here in Rockland County? Did you know that Alexander Hamilton, George Washington, and Aaron Burr all spent time in the Hudson Valley? And that ice harvested from Rockland Lake was shipped to places as far away as Australia? I'm Jennifer Lorenzo. Join me for Let's Talk History, where we discuss interesting stories and facts about our own Rockland County. Let's Talk History, every Wednesday at 6 p.m., right here on HudsonRiverRadio.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Brian Horowitz. Join me for the Rock and Roll History Show every Friday at 6 p.m. We'll be talking about the true stories behind all of your favorite hits, along with some interesting facts and trivia. Check out the Rock and Roll History Show every Friday at 6 p.m. right here on HudsonRiverRadio.com. HudsonRiverRadio.com subsidiary of Glacier Entertainment, LLC, blasting the competition in New York's Hudson Valley. Well, we are back, and Mike, I I think your mic is off. Hold on a second. There you are. Okay, okay. Yep. Sorry about that. I should put my glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So we were talking about um, this woman's had a lifetime of experiences. And the other thing I liked is the way she said her life was so weird, but she's happy with her weird life. So um, what Preston, what do you think people's reactions are overall? Are they, once they reflect on a lifetime of these experiences do they regret it do they are they philosophical about it um i would say it's across the board um there's a bell curve for sure some are not happy even at the end of their lives and i've you know i've talked i've talked to people who are quite elderly and have had this going on their entire lives and some are ecstatic i mean they are over the moon about it uh, and i'm gonna say most i would say 70 percent, even 80 uh, do feel like they benefited from this and that, okay. you know, it opened their worldview. Right. It can be very, very scary at first. Mm-hmm. That's not unusual. People are like, oh, I was traumatized. I had PTSD. I had night terrors. Mm-hmm. All through childhood, it was real rough. But at some point, they often turn around and feel like this is somehow good for them. Well, they get spiritually enlightened. I mean, they seriously do. Mm-hmm. A number of people have healings. Mm-hmm. It's a really wonderful experience for a lot of people especially once they get through all the fear right right Do you, is there a particular healing case here that um you uh you thought was was particularly outstanding was there something you wanted to talk about in terms of the healing um there was one man who well go, yeah what the healed by aliens case number six yeah yeah, this was a guy I contacted after he had put out a little thing on the internet describing a healing, and I contacted him, asked him if I could interview him. Mm-hmm. He agreed. His name is Dudley Delaney. He recently passed away, unfortunately. He's quite uh-huh. elderly. Uh, but very interesting. He's a doctor, by the way. And this is a pattern I noticed with like who's being contacted, particularly with healing cases. A lot of doctors. Really? Doctors in healing cases? Yes. Huh. Huh. Okay. That I did not know. Yeah. A very famous case by Jacques Vallée, Dr. X. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started looking at all the healing cases and that was a pattern. Not only doctors, but people who are doing good work for humanity in some way. Mm-hmm. Do- doctors, teachers, artists, 
social rights workers. I'm going to say that again, social rights workers, <laughs> because over and over again, I hear that. Animal rights wow. activists, huh. musicians. I mean, so that's just okay. a weird pattern, and that certainly fits Dudley's case. Hmm. Uh, he was born in the early uh, 1940s, and uh, so kind of before the modern age of UFOs. And suddenly UFOs are becoming popular in 1947. Mm-hmm. He would listen to Frank mm-hmm. Edwards' radio show. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And I became a believer early on, but never really had any experiences that he could connect to UFOs. Uh, but he, he was actually having experiences. He just didn't kind of connect the dots. Mm-hmm. I mean, once he had a beam of light come through the ceiling, through, through the ceiling. Through the ceiling. <laughs> through a solid, you know, mm-hmm. not a wall, a ceiling, the roof. And it was tracking around his room. It's like, oh, my God, what the heck is this? Mm-hmm. And uh, no real sightings. Uh, but uh, late in life, he was having prostate problems and uh, had a very unusual experience <laughs> where he woke up in his bed and sensed a presence in the room. And actually, he found himself on board, a, a, presumably a craft. Uh, and uh, was looking at this being, and it wasn't human. Uh, it wasn't particularly a- attractive looking. As he said it was kind of homely looking, a misshapen right. face, mm-hmm. which I think, you know, is people are kind of shocked to see something that's not human. <laughs> so their reaction is like, ah, what's that? Right. And uh, it was short, he said, and uh, it's basically um, paralyzed and put him on his side in what he called the Sims position. Uh, which is for examining someone in a Mm -hmm. chiropractic sort of way. Mm -hmm. And uh, it told him that he had a tumor. And he's like, oh, okay. And it's proceeded to probe him Mm -hmm. in that, you know, anally probe him. I hate to say it, but this is something that does happen. (laughs) And there, I think, is a good reason for it. It certainly was in his case. And he could feel this energy pulsing through him. He wasn't scared. This wasn't an unpleasant experience for him. He actually asked the figure, what's your name? He said he didn't want to give it, the the figure, but said his name is June, which confused Dudley because he considers June a woman's name, but that was the E.T.'s name. I find that very interesting because this rarely do you get the E.T.'s name, but it does turn up and uh, Mm -hmm. did in this case. And... uh, yeah, he, he got a he- healing, and uh, it took about five, ten minutes, and uh, he wakes up in his bedroom feeling better, and uh, his symptoms subsided over the next few days, and uh, basically his prostate was healed. Uh, so there yeah, they were. I, again, how do you explain that any other way? I mean... You you can't really wish yourself. Well, they say power of positive thinking, but not overnight, right? You no, know, and he's elderly too. It's like why right. are they healing an old man? This is strange. Hmm. Uh, but I think it was because he was a doctor and actually into the whole alternative healing field, mm-hmm. which is something they're really all about. I can't tell you how many contactees I've interviewed who come away from their experiences doing Reiki or hands-on healing, right? Or, become doctors or nurses or just really interested in all of that. Yeah. We were talking with somebody the, not too long ago about this. What do you think changes? Do you, 
Do you see it as an expansion of their mind? Do, do you think they're physically rewiring us somehow, you know, for people? What, what do you think when you take somebody who's never had an experience to they have something and then their life has changed to, you know, thinking outside the box, more, more natural, like you say, homeopathic, um, more spiritual, what, what do you think that mechanism is? Yeah, I wonder about this because I think a UFO experience is kind of like a near-death experience in some ways. I mean, it is transformative. People are challenged, you know, not only mentally, but emotionally, physically, spiritually. I mean, this is something that affects you on all levels. And uh, I am going to say it's more than just, you know, like, wow, this is an amazing, enlightening event. Mm-hmm. I think they're doing something physically to people because what I hear often is people will come back and boom, they're blowing out light bulbs. They're blowing out computers. <laughs> they are affecting electromagnetic neg- electromagnetic instruments mm-hmm. in a big way. Yeah, that's an excellent point. They're starting to have EM effects. Mike, you've, you've heard of cases like that where the... Yeah, the, it's... To me, it's fascinating because are they physio- physiologically changing us in some way? You know, to me, that's I wonder how that happens. What exactly can they do to our bodies that we don't quite have the capability of doing? We couldn't do that today medically, but they clearly have that technology. And I wonder what they're doing to have that effect and to create that electromagnetic where people can walk by a light bulb and cause it to burst. Yeah, I think they are. I think they're expanding a person's bioelectric field. I really, really do. I think they're physically doing something to expand their aura, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting to measure that, to actually measure somebody who, who's had this contactee who has this effect on them to see what type of electromagnetic field they are putting off. Is it above what a typical human can put out? That's something that can be measured. I'd be interested in that. Yeah, you know what? I did actually did do this to myself, and I, I guess on some level I am a contact. I'm coming to face that. Uh, but one day, my dad, we were having a family party, and my dad brought in this battery uh, detector, which had two separate leads. And he says, "You know, your hands have voltage, and you can test them." I'm like, "Really?" And so I tested them, and sure enough, the l- little dial went up. And I started testing everyone to see what voltage was in their hands. And everyone, it went up to about a, just less than a quarter of the dial. And uh, I'm like, test me, test me. And uh, I forget who did it. Maybe it was my sister. But, uh, you know, you just hold the two leads. And this little dial went shrunk right up to about half. I'm like, whoa. And they're like, your hands must be sweaty. I'm like, okay, hold on a second. <laughs> I washed my hands, dried them off. It went right up, boom. And uh, almost twice as much as everyone else. I thought, wow, you know, and I tested my sister and hers went up considerably higher than everyone's else, but not quite as high as mine. Mm. uh, That's that when you can, yeah, when you can quantitate that. And by the way, was this the same sister who did the great artwork for the book? Uh, No, that's my sister-in-law, actually. Oh, okay. Who is an experiencer and does have a case in the book. Uh, (laughs) Okay, right, right. But yeah, loved the artwork uh, accompanying the the book um should we take our second break so we don't have to stop again while we're at a natural break point and we will be right back 
This is HudsonRiverRadio.com, your local Rockland County station. HudsonRiverRadio.com, home to your favorite local shows like The Sports Report, The Silver Screen, and Do the 45. Catch them live and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite streaming app. HudsonRiverRadio.com, your local Rockland County station. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. HudsonRiverRadio.com. Home to your favorite local shows like Poppy's Memory Closet, the Green Divas, and the Rhythm Rock and Blues Roller Coaster. Catch them live and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite streaming app. HudsonRiverRadio.com, your local Rockland County station. HudsonRiverRadio.com. And we're back with our special guest, Preston Dennett. He's a return guest. His stories are beyond fascinating, his accounts that he's been sharing with us. And Linda, I'm still... That whole last segment with the electromagnetic fields has my brain spinning. Um, we're going to have to get a hold of some people that we know are contactees and um, maybe run some experiments. I think we could really have, that could be enlightening on our end to, yeah. to really test that. Definitely. So, uh, now that I'm retired, know. let's do it. <laughs> I, got, I got time to do this stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So Gary, if you're listening, we're coming for you. Um, As he is uh, a lifelong contactee, we're going to start experimenting on you. Um, But Preston, yes. So please, um, I have so many favorites from this case, this book. What what would you like to to uh, talk about? (laughs) Hey, any case is fine. I do have a couple of my favorites. Yeah. Yes. Let's hear your favorites. Um, One involves this therapist by the name of Linda, Mm -hmm. who had a very unusual experience. Uh, she uh, had gone to see a massage therapist. This was suggested by her own therapist uh, because she had you know, suffered some childhood abuse and her therapist said, you know, this is a good way to release trauma. And Linda was so happy with her own therapy. That's why she became a therapist herself. It's a profession she really enjoyed and excelled at. So she goes to this massage therapist and it was great. Everything was fine. Uh, but it was during this period of time that she was you know, receiving massage therapy that something very strange began to happen to her. And uh, she had seen a few UFOs. I will say that once she was driving along the Pacific Coast Highway in Southern California and saw what looked like something on the water, but it wasn't a boat. She points it out to who, who was driving. This thing goes straight up. Boom. Not and a boat. Not a boat. Right? <laughs> and I'd seen a UFO after that, but never really thought... You know, anything more than that. These were somewhat distant sightings. 
uh, didn't consider herself a contactee though. She's profoundly psychic um, and ha does affect electromagnetic instruments. She's got a lot of stories about that. I actually met her at a MUFON meeting in Burbank, California. Mm -hmm. And I just looked at her and I'm like, wow, this woman, <clears throat> she, she's just had this kind of amazing aura about her. And so she, she's going to see this massage therapist when, uh, during this time she's, she'd be at home. Um, she'd go take a shower and suddenly she'd look down on her leg usually. And this, there'd be this symbol, this weird looking symbol, like not a, you know, a letter in the alphabet, but something along those lines, it was clearly intelligently designed. And she thought, what the heck is that? Uh, she does suffer from dermographia at that time, which is sort of, I mean, literally it means skin writing. Uh, she had a lot of histamine in her system and her skin would welt up if, she, if you scratched her. She thought, well, maybe that's it, but I didn't draw on myself. What's going on here? And it kept happening. Um, and it, these were pretty complex symbols so she started writing them down and uh she after she had a number of them she decided to go to the library and see if, what these could possibly mean checked out some books on symbology nope they weren't sanskrit it wasn't japanese mm -hmm. it wasn't anything she could figure out it wasn't greek letters uh, but clearly it was some kind of symbol and she took it to her friends. She went to a messianic temple. Uh, she could not find anything that would relate to this. And the symbols were stacking up. I mean, she had a good list of them. And uh, at some point, they just stopped appearing. So she put the notebook away and thought, well, I'll never solve this mystery. And then one day, something else happened. <laughs> uh, she was watching television with her boyfriend. I think this was 2006. I'd have to look it up. Uh, but uh, she decided to watch a television miniseries called Intruders. And this is based, mm -hmm. of course, on Bud Hopkins' book, Intruders. Bud Hopkins being the abduction investigator. Right. And his book, Intruders, is all about his most extensive cases. And there is a couple of scenes in this miniseries, which I actually really enjoyed. It's one of the few programs out there which I think accurately portrays the encounter experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's some onboard segments, and she's watching it with her boyfriend. And in one of these onboard segments, she sees symbols on the wall. And she gets chills, of course. Her mouth drops. Her hair stands up. Because these are her symbols. They matched what... She, was appearing on her body and her boyfriend also recognized he turns to her and says hey honey hey look there's your symbols it's like i know i know my god and uh so now she had her answer uh, well part of the answer still don't know what they are but yeah, know yeah, well, where they come from most likely yeah she thought well there's a ufo connection here Sure. And she thought it back to her childhood and you know, examining your past as one does when one has a UFO experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's like, well, you know, I don't really remember anything. There was a couple of sightings, but then she started having dreams that were very vivid. And uh, she thinks probably more than just dreams reflecting actual memories because they were bizarre. Mm -hmm. She remembered one in particular, well, a couple, but 
One was where she was standing next to her house and she lived in a rural area, it was a wheat field. And she's standing next to these tall human looking figures in white jumpsuits. And they're inside this beam, this beam of light. And around her, the landscape is changing. It's going back into the past, like H.G. Wells' time machine, just like that, she said. Wow. And it was absolutely gorgeous. She kept wanting to run out and pick the flowers and run through the snow because you know, the seasons were changing the landscape. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, no, don't do that. You'll get hurt. It's very dangerous. And finally, it ended. And uh, there was a second experience very similar where this beam of light was coming over her house. There was a UFO. And her mom's like, get in the house, get in the house. And she's like, no, no, I don't want to. I don't want to go into, quote, the time beam. And that was very interesting to me because I'd never heard anyone describe it as a time beam. That's a first for me. Mike, have you heard any stories, cases like that? Never heard time beam. No. That is a first. Uh, Preston, your your mic is off. <laughs> Sorry. There we are. Yeah, that's interesting because I have heard time anomalies, certainly, missing time. Right, but not a well, beam bringing t- you back. <laughs> right. Uh, but, you know, stopping time even, mm-hmm. time telescoping, time shortening, all kinds, but never like, oh, here's a beam of light that is a time machine type thing. Wow. Right. Very strange. Yeah, that's one of the things I love about this book. Uh, you know, I'm reading it. I'm like, well, I never heard of that. <laughs> I haven't heard of that. So these, you know, these cases, you, you really picked a great selection um, of things you don't. Re- um, while we're on that, um, just one thing I have to bring up, the person having the Muppet nightmares. <laughs> that's yeah. a first. That's a first kind of like a screen memory thing, I would I would imagine. Um, so, yeah. yeah, but if you want it, sorry, but if you wanted to finish with um, with the woman with the time beam there, Linda. Um, that was basically the extent of it. Mm-hmm. You know, she realized there's something going on there and she's kind of reluctant to go much deeper at this point. Um, right. She hasn't done re- regression or anything like that. Yeah. No. Do you recommend that? Where do you stand on that? Um, I know it works. I absolutely mm-hmm. support people who want to do it. I think it's a fabulous tool. But I generally don't recommend it unless you're having anxieties. You know, unless it's like a crippling anxieties, you're having mm-hmm. nightmares, and or if you've got a very clear missing time event and you're dead set on learning what happened. Right. Right, because it can, can open up a can of worms. Sure, and it can be dis- somewhat dissatisfying for some people, because I've had people, you know, go through hypnosis and they're like, "Well, you know, what I got was a hypnotically retrieved memory," and it was kind of cliche. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. now if it was, you know, somehow internally generated. Right, right. I don't, I don't think really happens, because what people recall under hypnosis is pretty much exactly what people recall consciously. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a great tool. I'm actually considering it myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I don't know. I kind of want to call it naturally. You can through dreams, through mm-hmm. meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so I I think it's good in yeah. some cases, but not always. Right, right. Yeah, if you, if you do try all those avenues and you keep hitting a wall, I 
think it's a good, you know, if you can find a good reputable person to do it uh, for sure. Um, I, I do want to not have this hour pass without talking about the USO um, that was in Monterey Bay, that, oh. that case, because one lot, you know, to me, sometimes just the smallest detail really brings truth to the case. And I loved the way as this craft is rising out, um, she says she sees the kelp slipping off of it. Now, if you didn't actually see that, who's going to add that detail? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I just thought that was fabulous. So she definitely saw something lifting out of the water there. Yeah, she sure did. And provided drawings, which I put in the book. Mm -hmm. um, I can share them with you if you want me to share a screen. Sure, uh, if you can. Um, yeah. Here, just a second. Let me see. Worth a Boom. thousand words there. Okay, can you see my screen? Yes. And here is the image. I'll just pull it up. Because this is an interesting case. Uh, yeah, Joy Williams is her name. And uh, it'll come up in just a second. Here we go. And she and her husband were live off Monterey Bay and were visiting a friend and saw this craft here come rise. Well, she saw it first. She went out in the veranda and saw this thing coming up out of the water. The kelp was sliding off of it. It was glowing yellow and uh, lifts up and she calls out everyone, you know, the hostess and her husband. And they watch this thing move across Monterey Bay over to the moss landing smokestacks. And uh, they have a telescope on the veranda there. So they're watching this thing through the telescope. And this darn thing parks itself next to the smokestacks, extends this arm out, which starts digging into the smokestacks. That was the weirdest thing. Now, what kind of power plant is this? This is a coal power plant. Coal power plant, okay. Yeah. And as you may know, UFOs love power plants. <laughs> yes, they do. But I've never heard of one with an arm coming out and, yeah, take it from there. I, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. And what's weird is it extends out the far side, you know, not mm -hmm. the side. And so this arm is pretty much twice the length of the UFO itself. She estimates the pincers on the end were 20 feet long. And it's digging inside there. I don't know if it's, you know, testing the smog that's coming out. Uh, that's my guess. But it's very strange. And it's just hovering. They called the police. And the police were like, okay, what's going on? And they're, they're describing their sighting. And the policeman was very nice until they kind of made it clear that they were seeing something UFO-ish. And his attitude changed 180 degrees. And he said, it's a fishing boat. <laughs> a fishing boat <laughs> rising out of the water and uh, extending an arm into a power plant smokestack. Perfect. Yep. They said, no, it's in, the, it's in the air. It's flying. And he didn't want to hear it. And they basically had to end the call. Amazing. So it stayed there for a good 20 minutes, a half an hour before finally moving off. Or it didn't yeah. move off. It disappeared. Wow. Yeah. And this was an extended sighting through a telescope. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Now, is Monterey Bay known for USOs at all? Uh, yeah. That's one of the things I looked into. It turns out uh, there was a number of sightings over the Moss Landing power plant. Mm -hmm. 
and over Monterey Bay too. So uh, before and after this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, a known, a known hot spot, such as it was. Um, I want to mention. So the drawing is interesting to me in particular because the UFO is drawn in that tic tac shape. And how many of the military confirmed, you know, fighter cockpit videos are we seeing where they're chasing USOs? You know, they're coming out of the water. These tic tac shaped objects, which are defying, you know, doing things we can't do with our technology. They're always described as these tic tac shapes. They're associated with the water, you know. So I'm, when I hear, you know, it's coming out of the water in this bay. And then we're seeing more and more of these tic-tac shapes become common. I'm wondering what kind of connection there is, if if any, or they're just isolated. Yeah, I wondered about that, too. Maybe it's good for water, <laughs> like a su- submarine shape, sort of. Uh, but UFOs come in so many shapes, it's infuriating. Okay. <laughs> That's a great way to <laughs> That is a perfect way to put it. Yes. Infuriating. You're you're absolutely right. Uh, right? Because you know, people are like, well, maybe this this shape holds that type type of ET. I started looking into that. Nope, that didn't help at all. That just made it even worse. Because there's so many different types of ETs too. Mm-hmm. Same sort of infuriating. You can't, you can't categorize this stuff. I mean, there's no. praying mantis type ETs. There's grays, but the, mm. the grays are all different, <laughs> human looking. I mean, and there's this other category, catch-all humanoids. They're always humanoids, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And with UFOs, it's, I mean, you name it, spheres, Tic Tacs, uh, manta rays, boomerangs, triangles, <laughs> spheres. Yeah, one of my... Yeah, one of my cases, they said it looked like Tinker Toys. <laughs> yeah, asymmetrical shapes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Don't know what to make of it. I really don't. No, but speaking of of humanoids, I was fascinated by uh, Chapter Eight, the Cat People, where uh, two people, distances apart, have these experiences and end up getting married. Um, which I, I have heard this before, you know, couples who have children who have experiences and you find out they were both having similar, similar experiences as children and they somehow magically get together. Um, I don't know how magic that is or if it's planned or what are the chances? So, um, if you can Uh, mention a little bit about that, that cat people case. Yeah, synchronicity in the UFO field. I think that's mm-hmm. something we all run into. Mm-hmm. Certainly experienced it myself. I'll be at the post office and someone's like, asked me about UFOs. I'm looking down at my shirt. Am I wearing my UFO shirt? No. <laughs> I mean, it's weird. And uh, as far as people being brought together, there's three cases like that in the book, including my own brother and sister-in-law, <laughs> which really makes me wonder. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and this is one of the cases, the cat people. I interviewed uh, both of the witnesses in this case uh, when they were quite elderly. So this is something that had been going on their entire lives. And the gentleman is from Montana mm-hmm. and was out roller skating as a little kid. <laughs> I think he was like six, seven years old or ice skating rather. Mm-hmm. And suddenly everyone stops ice skating and there's this object in the sky. And it's clearly not a plane or a helicopter or anything. And they all just kind of watch it go by and scratch their heads because no one, 
knew what UFOs were. They didn't know what to think of it. But following this, he started to get really interested in, you know, aircraft and UFOs and this sort of thing. And as a young man, preteen through his teenage years, his young teenage years, he would have weird figures entering into his bedroom. And he said, you know, Preston, they looked like three foot tall, hairless, cat-like humanoids. <laughs> humanoids with cat faces. And which is something I do here periodically. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not as... A, I mean, I guess it, this would be a category of grays because kind of that's a what he's... category? Yeah. Get it? <laughs> oh. <Cat>. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I thought maybe you were making a joke there. The category. <laughs> <laughs> Pun unintended. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Quite literally. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I have heard this before. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is what he described. It's not quite your large, large head, just like we hear from the greys. But otherwise, you know, bald heads, mm -hmm. pale skinned, large cat-like eyes uh, is what he was describing. And uh, they wouldn't say anything. They just kind of stare at him. He was not happy about it. Yeah. He felt it was very scary for him. He'd say, go away, get the hell out of here, leave, go, go, go. And they pretty much always would. And it just went on for a period of years until it finally stopped. And he grew up, <laughs> ended up uh, meeting this woman, got married. She was from Nevada. And uh, she moved down to Nevada to live with her. And uh, they started seeing... Well, actually, how did this go down? They were watching TV one day mm -hmm. and UFOs came on. And he's like, oh, you know, honey, I think I may have had experiences with aliens when I was a little boy. And she's like, oh, really? Me too. I used to see cat-like people coming through my wall. And he's like, cat-like people? Really? <laughs> and she, she's like, yeah, yeah. I ran and told my parents. And of course, they didn't believe her. <sighs> And uh, she said it was really scary. She doesn't really remember seeing figures so much. It was just always these eyes coming at her. Mm -hmm. And she would block it out, block it out. And uh, they're like, wow, that's weird that we both have had the same experience with cat-like entities. And then they started seeing UFOs <laughs> hovering over their house. He kept whipping out his camera to film it, and it would zoom away or blink out. Mm -hmm. And that's when the cat-like beings came back. And... Uh, they were, she kind of knew something was going to happen. She could feel them coming. It was, it was kind of just an anxiety she was having. Mm -hmm. And uh, he wakes up, and there they are, lined up alongside his bed. And he's like, get out of here. Why did you come back? I don't want to see you. Leave. Leave now. And it was a long battle of wills. But they left, and they didn't come back. Mm -hmm. And he told her what happened. And she's like, oh, my God. Are you okay? Everything, yeah, everything was fine. But there is a weird end note to this case. Uh, they invited his brother over. And his brother was always jealous of him because he had his own room in the basement. This is where his encounters happened. Mm -hmm. So after his brother moves out, uh, or after he moved out, his brother got the basement room. Which he had been wanting. Yeah. Well, yep. And uh, goes, to, goes down there and is getting ready to move in and wasn't down there 15 minutes when something happened. And, and the guy's like, well, what happened? What happened? And his brother wouldn't say. He says, I don't want to talk about it. It was too scary. But something came. Some, something really scary appeared. 
So I'm thinking it was the cat people again. Right, right. And so his brother did not move into the coveted basement uh, room afterwards. That's that's amazing. So three of them. But to have one person in Montana and another in Nevada, you know, it's not like they were sharing experiences. Um, yeah, things like this. You can you can think, wow, this person's obviously crazy. But two people having the same cat person delusion. Um yeah. Now, do you think these were cat people or do you think this was the screen memory? You know, they're 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 looked like something different. And, you know, I, I often wonder, um, like you saying, they can make you think what you're seeing uh, in terms of craft. Do you think they have that ability as entities? Oh, yeah, they certainly have this that ability. But I don't think that was a screen memory because they kept that same appearance mm-hmm. every single time, mm-hmm. uh, which is rare for a screen memory. And it's also point, yeah. something I've heard described from other people, including, you know, his wife. And uh, mm-hmm. I've heard screen memories of every type. It's um, often like clowns for children, particularly screen memories are prominent. C- clowns, teddy bears, Barbie dolls, superheroes, I heard a new one just a couple days ago, a cartoon character. So, so Mike, uh, if you want to chime in with the clown, Mike has a deathly <laughs> fear of clowns. So. Starting, to, starting to wonder if I need to undergo some hypnotic re- regression therapy here because yeah, I hate clowns. I hate them. <laughs> well, well, who likes them? I mean, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. 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 I looked into it. It's called chlorophobia. Because uh, I actually wrote about this in one of my books. Uh, because once I was at a, uh, what do you call it, a support meeting, Bar- Barbara Lamb, her support meeting. Right. And I'm like, how do you guys feel about clowns? I, I set off an Adam Mom with that question. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. People started screaming. Oh, they, they, wow. None of them liked clowns. And I had three cases, mm-hmm. my own. And I found that Bud Hopkins had them. And a number of prominent researchers had run into this aliens dressing up as clowns. (laughs) So this, so maybe this deep seated fear that kids seem to have as of clowns, there's something a little more to it possibly. Yes. It, the killer clown from outer space (laughs) is real. And then you had the case of the giant grasshopper dreams, but somebody who had this irrational fear of grasshoppers. And how do you, how do you get that? Um, yeah, this is a very interesting case, which I kind of wanted to include because while it is not, I mean, it's a brief case. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it really points to a very important thing. You know, each of these cases that I included, I think have something to contribute to our understanding the UFO right. phenomenon and this one surely does because it shows how easily this can slip by you and you would never know you are an abductee and uh, what happened with this gentleman who is a professor by the way mm-hmm. uh, was went with his family to visit the grandparents house and on the way back they had missing time and this was something none of them really knew how to categorize or how to explain so it was just filed away like, oh, well, we lost track of time. We must have lost, you know, left later than we thought, though they knew they didn't. Right. So it was just a weird missing time incident. And following this, he started having grasshopper nightmares. <laughs> 
And these weren't normal grasshopper nightmares. He was being chased around by an, I think it was like a six foot tall grasshopper, humanoid grasshopper. And over and over again, this was a repetitive dream that just went on into adulthood. And he developed this phobia of grasshoppers. And it wasn't until adulthood, actually, that he ran across the UFO subject and uh, was unaccountably interested in it and started noticing some other weird factors. There was, of course, his grasshopper dream and the missing time, but he also noticed a scoop mark on his body that he couldn't explain. He also had sinus problems, which is something that's fairly, mm-hmm. right. I don't want to say consistent, but does turn up with among the abductive population. And he started to connect the dots. And what really clinched it for him was, <laughs> this is so strange. His brother said, oh, you know, he, said, he talked about it with his brother. And his brother's like, oh, I had a dream about you and grasshoppers. And uh, excuse me just a second. His brother said that uh, he had a dream with him in it and came upon his brother and he was completely covered from head to toe in grasshoppers, just covered, you know, like a person is covered with bees. Right, right. And grasshoppers. <laughs> so weird. And later he mentioned, you know, he brought it up again. Remember that dream you told me about? And his brother denied it. He says, no, I, I, what? I never said that. So there's another weird clue, you know, because there's right. memory problems with all this. Yes, absolutely. So yeah. there's, he's not, he's considered hypnosis, but, you know, was not quite ready to go there. No, something like that. Mike, was there a particular case that uh, you caught your eye in this book? I like the, going back to the couple with the cats, because there's a, there's a very strong implication here that they're not just, you know, we're not, it's not just a random contact where they follow you through life, but almost like a deliberate manipulation. Did they bring these two people together as part of a continuing experiment? They're not just monitoring his life and monitoring her life separately, but now they're together. And, you know, is there a, a manipulation going on here? Is that intentional? You know, did these people just randomly meet and find out they had very similar contact experiences with cat-like people, or did they find themselves brought together because of these cat-like creatures or whatever they are that, yeah. that intentionally I, did that. I don't think it was a coincidence because this is something that keeps turning up. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Bud Hopkins had an excellent case. Uh, these ladies wrote a book about their experiences called Connections. Um, Anna Jamerson and Beth Collings uh, saw each other on board a UFO as kids, but did not know each other but were brought on board as kids several times and met each other on board this UFO. And only as adults did they meet and end up working together on a horse farm. in I think it was Virginia or West. Virginia, oh yes. Obama. Yeah. That case. Uh-huh. And yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, Beyond coincidence with these bringing these people together. Yeah. And there was another case in this book where uh, the lady says, you know, I'm pretty sure they brought us together somehow. She couldn't specifically say how. Mm-hmm. But this does turn up, and they're all kinds of weird clues. You point, I mean, like like you said, the Muppet nightmares. Right. That that one made me laugh because this lady's like, "Oh, the Muppet scared me." I'm like, "Why?" It was those big, dark, staring eyes. So. Yep. That, yeah, they can get triggered by all kinds of things. 
Um, Brian, I, I have completely lost track of time. How are we doing? We're at just about an hour, but okay. if there's anything um, else you wanted to cover, by all means. I, I have, I really want to squeeze in one more if we can, because implants is a big topic. And the chapter 24, the case with the, the, the child with the round uh, implant in his tooth, you have the x-rays of that. And, and doctors actually said, oh, well, you must have gotten shot in the face with a BB gun. I think you might remember that. Right. So, yeah. So if you can just briefly talk about you have the x-rays of this object and they never removed it, correct? Right, right. I'll sh I'll share the screen and show oh, you. Oh, if you if you would, that would be fabulous. Um, because uh, this is such an interesting case. Uh, here, let me close this one and pull up the x-ray here. Uh, because what happened was they went to the dentist. And the dentist was like, called him in and like, what's this? <laughs> what is this in your x-rays? Did you shoot yourself in the mouth with a BB gun? And the son denied it. And the mother said, no, there's no way. She says, maybe it's an alien implant. She was just joking, but nobody laughed. And uh, she could not explain it. This drove her absolutely nuts. She could not figure out what this could be and started doing research on the internet because she needed to figure this out. And finally came upon the UFO connection and thought, oh my God, is this truly an alien implant? And uh, you can see this here, it's, I she sent me the x-rays. I took them to two different doctors. Uh, one's an emergency physician, one's a general physician. And both said the same thing, oh, looks like it might be they shot themselves with a BB. I'm like, well, no, it's actually larger than a BB. And, you know, under the tooth, there's no entry wound. There's no, you know, uh, tissue reaction. Mm -hmm. And uh, both diagnosed it as a foreign body. So perfectly round. So it's yep. opaque, yeah. metallic. So they, they do determine it is something metallic, perfectly round, just happens to be uh, under this boy's tooth. Exactly. And I asked her, do you have any UFO history? And she says, no, I don't. And I said, well, what about him? Your son. And he didn't want to talk to me. He's 14. Mm -hmm. um, but he was in the room. And she's like, honey, have you ever seen a UFO? Uh, which he denied at first. He's like, well, yeah, actually, mom, I did. And it was right before this incident because she they'd been to the dentist before and there was nothing there right so he was not born with this this is not something that happened as a baby this is something that happened directly after his ufo encounter yep he, he so. was walking outside with his friend colored lights came swooping down sort of i'm, I'm not sure if they actually beamed him but i think so just mm -hmm. judging from the way he was talking and uh, it wasn't long after that, the great, you know, she was obsessed. She was freaking out. She could sure. not get over this. She's like, I'm that guy in Close Encounters, Richard Dreyfuss building, you know, mm -hmm. mashed potatoes. <laughs> she was going, she couldn't let it go. She was going right. Crazy. Sure. And understandably. Mm -hmm. And so um, the grays came and uh, were, you know, he had to come. Her son had come in to sleep with her one night. He has trouble sleeping. They both sleep with a nightlight. Hear this all the time. And uh, Gray's come into the room and uh, 
she gets a good look at him. She says, one came right up to the doorknob about pretty short. Stared her right in the eyes and said, it's okay. Don't worry. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. You're both going to be okay. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. It's okay. He said it 50 times. <laughs> she said she actually estimated it was about 50 times. They said, it's okay. And she woke up feeling great. <laughs> She's like, so much. <laughs> She's like, wow. hey, hey, honey, they came. He's like, what? Who came? She says, I, I might be a dream. You know, she right. sort of couched it. She didn't want to alarm him. But she says, the grays came. He's like, the grays, they came for you? She says, no, honey, for you. He's like, oh, okay. And uh, she says, I feel really good about it. You know, I'm not worried anymore. Uh-huh. No manipulation there either, no. right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's profoundly psychic, by the way. Uh, the boy? Yeah, daily. Uh, Very special. Okay, so there's a lot more to this. Uh, and she was later taken on board, and she's in this room, and it's like a living room. There's a couch, there's a TV. It's all set up. And she saw a nine-foot-tall praying mantis. Yeah, so um, everyone out there listening, if you want to hear a, a read a lot more of these cases, you really have to get this book. Um, we've just touched on a handful of them. And with each case, I just couldn't believe how many experiences these people were having. Um, you know, lifetimes of them, multi-generational um a variety of effects and and just things i had never i had never read before um brian i have to ask you as a someone who hasn't researched this topic uh where do you stand on all of these stories here i i want i as of now i want to meet the cat people i want to see a 15 foot praying mantis <laughs> and i will do my best to go on record saying that I would chase them down instead of running away. But who knows <laughs> until it really happens to you what you would do. <laughs> but I, it's the stories are fascinating. You know, it's it's uh, in a previous life as a medic, you know, people have these experiences and, and you're dealing with people who are unconscious. And, and it's almost like the story would fit into somebody who was unconscious, sick, semi-conscious, went into the hospital, got treated and left and felt better. But then there's other details that don't add up. So the stories are very interesting and, you know, there's, right. and there's, these are people, to it. Yeah. These are people who are often wide awake, jogging, going yeah. about their business, multiple witnesses. That's the thing, right, Mike? The, uh, you know, it's one thing if somebody reports something, but when there's two, three, four or more people. Yeah. When, whenever you start getting multiple witnesses and especially the, the small details that people brought out, the kelp falling off of the the USO coming out of the water. When when you see those details, it really goes to to the integrity of the story. You know, people don't typically make up that type of detail. They may embellish on what the UFO looks like if they're making it up, but to have, you know, that type of detail is only something someone who saw it is going to report. So to me, that speaks to their to their credibility. And yeah that's just fascinating and it also your the the stories you've collected really it just comes full full circle on what we always hear linda um the generational aspect you know the lifetime and it's not just somebody having an experience as an adult it's they had an experience as an adult but and then there's this other you know mm -hmm. 
the dominoes start, have, start falling. <laughs> right. And so, yeah. again, that just lends more credibility because it's consistent with other reports that, that we've heard throughout the years. Um, it's not isolated. It's not one person saying this. It's people all over the country, not even connected to one another. Yeah. Um, I mean, look in this one book, 25 different stories. And I'm sure, Preston, you have a lot more. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm writing another book right now with the lady who is a full-on conscious contactee who I have you know, I've interviewed a lot of people. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. talking hundreds. Never a lady like this. Really? Oh, we're looking oh, forward to that. Yeah. When will that be available? Um, well, she wants she wants it out as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, she really wants her story told. Um, so we're trying to possibly get it out this year. But okay. knowing, knowing how things are, you know, everything takes twice as long as it should. Yes. So uh, we'll see. Well, but yeah, well, let us know because you will make our your third repeat performance uh, <laughs> here. <laughs> so where can people find this current book and your other books? Oh, thanks, uh, Linda. Yeah, I do have a website. Just search my name on any internet search engine. You should be able to find it. But my books are available on Amazon and other online retailers at bookstores near you. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you having me back on the show. It's awesome oh. to be your first repeat guest. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. It's uh, at the yes, time just, yeah, the time just flies by. So love to have you back. Um, and if people have cases, they they can come to you securely knowing you will not give away their identities. And is there a particular type of case you're looking for right now? Um, no, not in particular. I love all okay. cases. You know, the more extensive is mm-hmm. all, always fun to right you know, fun to that. But uh, you know, sightings are interesting too. Each case, mm-hmm. I really do feel this, is a piece of the puzzle. Each yeah, case has right. unique elements. Even a simple sighting can teach quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if you're ever in this side of the country, we need to get you to speak at the new Pine Bush UFO Museum. Um, that would be fabulous to have, or get to um, the, the UFO fair that we have every year here. So um, if not, we'll keep connecting by Zoom. <laughs> as long as you keep writing books and we're doing this show, we'd love to have you. Hey, that's awesome. Thanks, Linda. All right. So um, that's it for our show for tonight. And if you uh, tune in next time, I don't I can't guarantee it's going to be good as Preston, Uh, but we'll we will do our best. So thanks again and good night, everyone. Thank you. This is Hudson River Radio dot com.